Hello and welcome to Dragon Bites Basics, the paediatric podcast aimed at healthcare students or anyone in need of a refresher about common paediatric conditions. I'm Asim, one of the paediatric trainees here in Wales and one of the presenters for Dragon Bites. Each week, medical students will be joining paediatric doctors from Wales to discuss these common paediatric conditions and give them insights into paediatric problems that they may not have faced before. These episodes are just introductions and aren't meant to replace your regular revision. Remember, there will be some regional variations in practice and practice will change as new evidence comes to light. However, this is paediatrics made easy to help students get their head around some new concepts. This week's episode is hosted by Sienna Hayes, a medical student at Cardiff University. She's joined by Dr. Fran Norris, a paediatric registrar doing the Community Grid programme. They're going to be discussing Trisomy 21. This is the first of a two-part episode. Anyway, let's get started. Hello and welcome to this student edition of Dragon Bites podcast, talking about all things peds, with me, Sienna Hayes, a fourth year um, Cardiff medic. And today I'm very fortunate to have Dr. Francesca Norris, who is a community paediatrician, to talk about Down syndrome in both babies and children with us today. So first, let me introduce Fran. Hello, hello. (laughs) Hello. Yeah, Fran will do fine. Francesca is my fancy name. Perfect. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, good. Perfect. So thank you very much for speaking to us um, about the subject of Down syndrome today. Uh, No problem. It's a kind of an area that I know that lots of people sometimes struggle with. Um, So hopefully after listening to this, it will make life a bit more simple. Oh, let's hope. That would be good. (laughs) But yeah, we'll try and keep it as simple as we can. Sounds good. So first of all, is there kind of a, a definition of Down syndrome just to start us off? Oh, that's a good question. So I guess, um, so Down syndrome, the name was given after the um, person who uh, recognised the condition, but this was sort of, although we still use Down syndrome, the official um, way that we would reference it would be trisomy 21. um, And that's describing the genetic features um, of, of Down syndrome. So in the majority of cases, they have... Um, an extra chromosome, so an extra chromosome 21. Uh, so they have three 21s, hence trisomy 21. Um, and that's the majority, so 95% of um, children and people with Down syndrome have the trisomy 21. Um, there's other, other possible genetics. Um, so there's a translocation that you can get. So that means that the one long arm of 21 is translocated onto a different chromosome. And that's okay. um, sort of three to four percent. And then um, the other feature is mosaic downs. Have you heard of mosaic downs? Vaguely. So it basically sometimes it, it's sort of like a less severe form. So sometimes they might not be diagnosed straight away because they they don't have their features might not be so strong. Their clinical features might need, might not be so strong. Um, and the symptomology might not be so severe as well. Um, So what that means is that they have sort of two types of cells. So some of their cells have the trisomy, so have the three chromosome 21s, and some cells have a normal um, 46 chromosomes. So, and the way that that's distributed in the body is variable. Um, And so the severity of, of the downs is sort of dependent on how many cells have the trisomy and how many cells are 
are normal. So as I said, it sometimes it's not, they might not get picked up quite straight away or be less severe. And then they might be diagnosed a little bit later because they, they, they might not look, um, you know, with Down syndrome particularly, they have a very distinctive look. But if mosaic Downs, it might be a bit, bit trickier to diagnose. I know that makes sense. So there's kind of three main kind of ways it can happen. But, but the most common one is the um, the one where there's three chromosomes, 21, yeah. and that's about 95%. Yeah, so like, that's the one to remember, I guess, really. Um, okay. is it? And, and, that, and it's sort of in the name, trisomy 21, so three 21s, um, and that's the most common um, form of Down syndrome. Lovely. And is there any risk factors for this, or does it run in families? So um, the... The, the translocation that I mentioned, which is a slightly uncommon, uncommon aversion, that can be passed down. Um, the other, but there's, in terms of your trisomy 21 um, genetics, the main, one of the main risk factors is maternal age. Um, okay. So more commonly seen in your older mothers, which I guess is becoming more and more common these days mm. and to have a sort of out more, I don't want to say elderly, but that's what they say in obstetrics, but yeah. um, you sort of older mothers over your 35 age range. So um, that's uh, that, that maternal age is sort of the main risk factor for having um, trisomy 21. Oh, perfect. And um, when um, a baby may present or even prenatally, what are the key questions you might ask in kind of the history um, that might kind of make you think um this child might have down syndrome so yeah interestingly i mean i guess history probably doesn't form a massive part of this in most cases because they're either diagnosed prenatally so, so antenatally during screening and um, so the screening tests now are a combination of blood tests and then have you heard of nuchal thickness ah uh, yes i have on so, ultrasound is it that's right so the clever ultrasonographers do a measurement of nuchal thickness um on ultrasound and then there's a combination of blood tests that you have done routine usually routinely although um you can consent or not consent to the tests um and then what happens then is that you get a risk um so you get sent then a risk of your of Down syndrome, so it'll be one in something, one in 20, or it'll be one in 10,000. Yeah. So it's always a risk because they can never say for certain. Um, but then if you have quite a high risk, you can opt into having um, amniocentesis, um, which would yeah. give you a definitive answer. So um, as I say, you know, it can be, you know, these tests are quite advanced these days, and so they can be um, diagnosed antenatally. And then often, once they're born, they also diagnose fairly swiftly um, because of uh, clinical features. So often history might not be existent really. Um, although, it, you know, I have seen a baby that maybe was diagnosed about a week of age and they might present with things like, um, like hypotonia, poor feeding um, or difficulty feeding um, and being small. Um, yeah. but the sort of main way of diagnosing why they'd be antenatally or um, postnatally with with the sort of clinical features um and then you kind of 
um, started to briefly mention about um, when the, um, a child is born and um, they are very likely um, to have Down syndrome. What sort of kind of characteristics and things are you looking out for? Well, do you know any Sienna? So the ones that I, I vaguely know are sometimes they have a characteristic kind of single palmer crease on the hand. Yeah. Um, and they can have quite down sloping eyes. Mm-hmm. Um, and also they can be quite um, like hypotonic. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So there's actually lo- like if you look it up, there are a million there's loads and loads of features. Um, and I know from experience working as a um, paediatric SHO where we do baby checks, you can get really paranoid about um, oh, okay. these features. Um, but often, you know, that you you know, it should be fairly obvious um, that this child is dysmorphic. Um, but the the classic ones that I think most people have heard is, as you mentioned, so the transverse palmar crease, um, which is if you look at your palm, you usually have like two or three lines, but a tra- the transverse single palm crease is one line going all the way along your palm underneath your fingers. Um, but you can have palm creases in, I guess that's the, the take home message is a lot of these features you can have in normal children. And often the palm crease will run in families as well. Okay. Um, so palm crease something called a sandal gap. So again, post-natalistic shows, we get very uh, twitchy about this. Um, so it's the gap between your big and second toe. Oh, okay. Um, can be quite wide. that one? V-shaped. So imagine like your flip-flop area. Mm. Uh, that's quite um, sort of big. So it's called a sandal gap. Uh, so transverse palmar crease. Hypotonia is usually really quite impressive. So you, yeah. And then a poor morrow f- reflex. So that would be in going with your hypotonia. And then facially, as you mentioned, so little low set ears. So when you're looking for, um, so you draw a line from the from your eye to the, across your head, and yes. it should have the top third of your ear above that line. Oh, okay, that makes sense. So, so if they're below that, then you look they look low set, and they're usually small as well. Yeah. And then um, these have quite a big tongue, so like a protruding tongue. Yeah. And um, then you have your eye features you mentioned epicanthic folds usually have a small head so brachiocephaly and quite a short thick neck with quite thick um neck folds um so they're they're the main ones is sort of being small sort of iugr small head big epicanthic folds big ears then little ears big tongue and the thick neck, and then you're looking at a sort of floppy, hypotonic baby. But there are, there are lots and lots of other features, but those are the sort of main ones that we okay. think about. Um, but yeah, you can have lots of other ones. And once you've seen all those characteristics, can you make the diagnosis of Down syndrome, or is there a further test just to absolutely confirm it? So would you um, do kind of look at the chromosomes and look for that, um, the three uh, chromosome 21s to confirm it. Yeah. So, yeah, so we would probably, I mean, it often we sort of have a high suspicion. Um, yeah. and we would cancel the parents that we, we are thinking about Down syndrome for this child. And often the parents know themselves um, and they can, they'll look and they'll know. Um, but... Yes, to confirm, um, we would send off what we call a carrier type. So that's a genetic blood test where they would, it, they basically count how many chromosomes they are. 
is the, is the simplest way of putting it. And so you would have, you know, on a normal um, infant, you'd have like 46 XY or XX. If, um, but it, with a Down syndrome, you would be expecting a 47 uh, carrier type with a, a triple 21. And um, oh. so, and we can usually get that back fairly quickly, actually. So usually within about 48 hours, we can get an urgent carrier type done. Yeah. Um, and that would confirm it. But I mean, usually if you had a high suspicion, you would probably go on and, and start thinking about doing things like scanning the heart um, in particular. And then you want to be like supporting feeding in terms of the hypotonia and um, just looking for any other um abnormalities um looking quite closely really at the baby in the meantime while you're waiting for the genetics to come back and that perfectly leads on to my next question are they um prone to any other sort of health complications um i know that you mentioned the heart um and helping with feeding yeah this is that certain things you may be looking for yeah so I guess it kind of falls into your newborn type you know what what are the urgent things that you want to look for and then and then thinking about long-term follow-up and long-term health risks and I guess in the early days yet yeah, you want to be thinking about how are they feeding supporting them with their you know tone they're going to be floppy that's going to make it difficult to feed so you want to be thinking about feeding and growth and then urgently you want to think about the heart and um, so do you know what Heart, heart problems we might be looking at in the newborn um stage is um like atrial septal defect mm-hmm. um common downs um or even a patient ductus arterius yeah 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 so um you're absolutely right um the main there's a the main cardiac defect so the, the one that we see in um sort of 30 40 percent and is often characteristic characteristic of down syndrome is an avsd so you said um, asd which we can see as well uh, but an atrial ventricular septal defect so a complete um massive hole in between um uh, covering the atrium and the ventricles so that's the the top one and the second most common is a vsd and then comes asd so there are the three most common heart abnormalities that we would see in a baby with downs um, but you quite correctly said that you can also see other um, cardiac defects such as a PDA or tetralogy, um, anything really. But the, the top, the main one would be an AVSD. So if you're doing an exam and an AVSD comes up, you're going to be thinking, hmm, this is suspicious. They've thrown this in for a reason. So um, AVSD, VSD and ASD are the most common. And those are the ones that those are the things that when you're looking at children with Downs that might potentially need urgent treatment. So you'd want to be getting an echo sooner rather than later. And I just wanted to say thank you to both Sienna and Fran for recording that episode for us. Join us again for the second half of this episode next week. Thank you for listening to Dragon Bites Basics.